0: Welcome to another episode of Food Lab Talk. I am Michael Bucker. Today, we're going to be doing things a little differently. I've asked my colleague, Kathy Cacciola to join me to discuss and reflect on season one of the podcast. Cathy, welcome and thanks for being here. Would you be so kind to introduce yourself and share a little bit more about your background?
1: Absolutely. Michael, thank you so much for the invitation and congratulations on correctly pronouncing my last name because it's a a rare occurrence. (laughs) So I'm the global sustainability lead on the Google food team, part of your team here at Google. And I joined about a year and a half ago. During my first year, I was mainly focused on food loss and waste and single use plastics across our Google food program. And of course, the broader food ecosystem as well. In the second year, really beginning to focus more on our procurement strategy and measuring the environmental impact. Previous to joining Google, I was the vice president of sustainability and ESG, Environmental Social Governance, at Aramark. And Aramark is one of the three major food service companies. And my background is I've always worked in the sustainability field for NGOs, federal government, higher ed. And for me, it's really been inspiring and engaging to be involved in the food system because I feel like issues of both environmental and health and wellness and personal are also at play. So there's that environmental and social issue convergence in the food system. Finally, I also just think it's really fun working on food issues. I mean, getting to engage with farmers who are so deeply passionate and care about what they're doing, all the way to chefs and culinarians, it's just a joyous place to work. And there's no shortage of challenges for us to engage in and solve for.
0: I totally agree with you that working in and on food is extraordinarily enjoyable. And as I think you've listened to all of the episodes in preparation for the conversation today, I'm just curious with your experience in the field, was there still anything that's really surprised you from all the conversations?
1: I'm a, a lover of taking notes even while listening, so I did take actually a lot of notes while listening to all the sessions, and I was thinking about the various themes that were coming out. Two in particular that really struck me was one around putting your ego aside. Amy Keister from Compass commented on this, focusing on letting the voice be of those who are most respected in the organization, for example, chefs. And then Neil from Robin Hood Army talked about being custodians more than CEOs, And I thought those were really two interesting framings for the way to put your ego aside and focus on others. And then the other piece that really struck me as a theme was a few guests talked about different terminology and framing rather than food loss and waste, which is sort of like the very technical wonky framing. Ashley from the Environmental Protection Agency talked about reclaiming waste as a verb and less about food waste and more about wasted food, which I think is really interesting and then James' commentary or James's point around the abundance of nutritious food accessible for everybody. I really, I think that arc of wasted food to abundance and nutritious food is, is really important to think about in a very different way of framing.
0: I had all kinds of learnings as well throughout the season. Maybe not a surprise, but definitely an insight that I've taken with me is the deep Personal connection that so many of the speakers had with the subject as well. I think that was one. The second one is that the exact same issue, you. you can look at it for through so many different angles and therefore come up with very, very different beliefs on how to address the issue and where you might find solutions. And I think the third one, and obviously there was a little bit of the selection in ultimately those who came on the podcast but just this incredible belief that we're going to figure it out. It wasn't a doom and gloom series where people just say, it's a really big problem and, you know, it's hard and we're never going to address it. It was almost like, I love the challenge, bring it on, and here's what I'm doing. So I loved the diversity of people embracing both the complexity or it being a systems challenge, to saying at the same time, just get going.
1: Yeah, there's the, the complexity and the simplicity at the same time, the complexity of the system and then simplicity of like, well, we just need to start somewhere. So pick up at some place in the journey.
0: Yeah, and I think with that as well, the speakers were selected. So therefore, you know, you have this natural selection with that. But I think so many of the true change leaders are entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, they find ways to really to identify what it is they see as an opportunity or as the challenge and with a very straightforward solution and then they get going and i think with that as well they don't take no for an answer they accept failure as just getting more clarity of what doesn't work and therefore there are fewer options left to explore as well it's this mindset or this way of doing which struck me as well throughout the various conversations.
1: So I feel like we're getting a bit into sort of the thematic takeaways from the conversations that you've had over the the course of the last several weeks. And I feel like there's probably a few others that come to mind to you. So if if we zoomed out 30,000 feet and went to what are the three plus or minus major takeaways? It sounds like complex adaptive systems, maybe one Maybe you want to further elaborate on that. But I'm just curious of what are the other, a few others that sort of rise to the top for you. And then maybe we could just spend a little bit of time unpacking each of those and talking a little bit further about each.
0: Yeah. So the three themes for me are thinking of food systems truly in terms of food systems being complex adaptive systems. The second one is the importance and the role of community in food systems. The third is some really practical advice for those wanting to affect change in food systems as well.
1: Yeah. So how about we, we unpack each of those a little bit? And the first one, you know, for me, I reflect upon your conversation with Adé from the First Nations Development Institute. And Adé had commented on food systems are not just about feeding. There's the political, spiritual and ecological dimension, which I think speaks to some of the complexity and Ade also commented on sort of the indigenous food systems and long history versus modern food systems. And I, and I felt like Adam Lytle from Sound Agriculture really sort of made an interesting point relative to the modern agricultural systems around products being bred for the supply chain, not for taste, nutrition and food waste. And those feel like sort of ends of the spectrum, like the indigenous long-term, really deep understanding all the way to the modern food system. So in that episode with a day, she also mentioned to reduce food waste, you have to incorporate the way you think about the entire system from the beginning. Why do you think she said that? What, what is it that makes a food system so complex, whether it's the indigenous or the modern or some combination therein and sort of what's, what does that mean in practical terms for us?
0: the way i would start answering that question kathy is to say as change makers we tend to think here's the problem and here are some solutions we believe that if we do x then y will happen but food systems are really really complex everything is intertwined and interdependent and if you think about the mainstream food system in the us as an example that includes many different natural ecosystems And there are many different agricultural systems inside those natural ecosystems. If we change something in an agricultural system, let's say introducing a new crop with all that that involves, then you can be sure that that natural ecosystem will adapt. The system is too complex, however, to predict how, but we do know they will adapt. It's a thing similar to what Adam said about supply chains, Kathy, the way we grow, process, store, and transport food has a huge influence on which food we eat, how it is grown, prepared, and bought and sold. Supply chains not only affect availability and accessibility, but also consumer taste, dietary trends, and so on. And things like taste and dietary trends, they affect the supply chain right back. These feedback loops, as they're called, can be incredibly difficult to get a grip of. And we shouldn't forget that there are millions of people working in our food systems as well, all with their own interests and goals. That is a huge complex adaptive system in itself. So in truly practical terms for change makers, I think if you really want to affect change, you first have to acknowledge that everything has a connection with everything else, the interdependencies. Things are rarely as straightforward as when you do A, B will happen, it just doesn't work that way. And secondly, once you do start to influence a system, you should be aware that there will be both intended and unintended consequences. And these unintended consequences can be benign, positive, or negative. So when you bring it all together, I think it really helps to be a little humble, I think.
1: Yeah, it's such an organic system, essentially, too, which I think connects to some of the comments around not getting hooked to your own solution so if you enter the system with a a thought on what a solution might be and then to your point you sort of become part of that system and it's ever adaptive and changing i think it's really necessary for all participants to remain flexible and adaptive to different ways of thinking and different solutions
0: yeah i totally agree with that. and i think the other one is quite often as we don't know what the interconnections are We get surprised by the impact of our own actions. That would be one. And I think the other ones, I think that some of the true entrepreneurs realized as well, you can only learn what will happen if you start to do. I think the complexity for some of us becomes really overwhelming and we want to do more research. But I think only by doing do you truly understand and learn more about the interdependencies. So you have to get into it.
1: Yeah. So the second theme you mentioned was around the role and importance of community in meeting those complex food system challenges. And Ashley spoke a bit about, Ashley from the Environmental Protection Agency spoke a bit about listening and the sort of old adage of we have two ears and one mouth. And then Neil from Robin Hood Army commented, and everyone has a perspective. I think he even spoke about each, each meal as a conversation. So for me, those are a few pieces that emerge in terms of why community is so important. But how about for you? Why do you think community is so important? And What were some of your takeaways from the conversations?
0: I think a variety of things still comes to mind, Kathy. So as you're thinking about, in this case, food loss and waste, it is, I would say, it's truly contextual dependent. So what the causes are or the solutions might be different in City A. From City B. And if you build a community, ultimately, people on the ground in that community have a much deeper connection with their local community, and they're going to be much better to articulate what the root causes are and how to solve for it. I think sometimes, as change makers, we believe we have a crystal clear understanding of both the challenge at hand and the solutions that should be deployed. But it's ultimately the people on the ground that are going to make it happen, and therefore, You need to build this community of change makers that are really going to make it happen. I think the second one, it's there is so much insight and intelligence out there about the challenge and the solutions as well. And instead of just you getting really focused on your belief in what will work or what solutions we should pursue, to become much more focused on the desired outcome and enable local communities the collection of communities, to jointly figure it out. So don't believe that your solution is the solution or the best solution. Focus on the outcomes you would like to see and then enable others to do it. I think if there's one takeaway from the various conversations I had in season one is how diverse the work actually is in this space. It gave me pause in my ultimately core and default beliefs Of how i think change should happen and i think you know the more you have learned what works and what doesn't work i think in general the more set you get in your core beliefs and ultimately being challenged again by people who don't have the same experience or very different experiences it opens up actually the toolbox for new ideas and i think the last one and they spoke to this as well no individual in any system is going to be able to affect a systems challenge. So we love to think, I think, predominantly in the West that it's about the individual hero leader who's gonna make the difference. Whereas in reality, it is the community and the community of communities that truly are going to drive change in the areas that you're focused on.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think James's comment from FarmLink about moving at the speed of trust is a really important thread throughout that theme of building community because you can only build it as fast as you can build trust. They really go hand in hand. So the, the final theme that you touched on earlier was practical advice for those wanting to affect change in food systems. So what are some of your favorites, Michael, from that theme of wanting to make change and affect the food system?
0: So the first one is don't plan too far ahead. It's really focused on what you can get done over the next day, week, month, and quarter. Don't necessarily worry about, you know, where will we be a year or two years from now? The second one is self-organize or enable others to self-organize. And I think one of the interesting tidbits from Neil was he started with Robin Army. ...to address ultimately food insecurity. He did it in his local community. That got picked up by others. And he was ultimately very, very comfortable... ...in letting others take his idea... ...and ultimately organically change it. And he stayed involved because he wanted to be supportive and helpful to others. But it wasn't ultimately his thing and him telling you... ...well, if you want to be part of my quote-unquote club or army... Here's how you have to do it. So self-organize and let it be done by others in the way that they see fit as well. The third one is don't necessarily sweat the numbers. I think it's interesting as well that the various guests had different relationships. I think with data and numbers, some people were very focused on articulating the challenge and being actually fairly comfortable that the numbers actually made sense. I don't really care whether there are a thousand or 10,000 people hungry. If I can get going with the first thousand, I'm going to make a difference and touch those individuals.
1: Yeah. Now to turn the tables a little bit on you, Michael, what advice do you have for people looking to affect change? You've been involved as a change maker for years as well. So you have your own sort of thoughts and approach on this too.
0: I love frameworks. So from a framing perspective, really start with make a big problem as small as possible. So think about the regional scope. Think about the time horizons. Think about the work to be done and accept that ultimately you can work on multiple time horizons. I can think about what needs to get done between now and the end of this year, between now and the end of 2025 or between now and 2030. And by really articulating, this is what I can and should work on over the next month, that becomes very action-oriented. But at the same time, parallels to that, I can ultimately plant the seeds as well of what needs to get done between now and 2025. So it's not just extraordinary in the here and now, but you need to balance all of that. My second step would be then figure out the right approach for the challenge at hand. So when you think about a challenge like food loss and waste, I do believe it's ultimately a complex challenge, but it has some easier elements as well. And that therefore, depending on your categorization of the challenge at hand, is it simple? Is it complicated? Is it complex? You can ultimately create solutions that match the type of problem you're trying to solve for as well. And then I think the third one is, you have to mobilize your community. You have to really to figure out, okay, so how can I get going? And what I've learned over there, or my belief is that, by starting, you learn ultimately what works, and you learn what doesn't work. You learn what resonates with individuals, and what type of individuals you can bring along, addressing these various solutions. But you create movement. And then with the movement, you know, you get the flywheel. You might find the first follower, the second follower. So it's really about how can you create movement in a system?
1: So I've thought about this question a little bit, too, in terms of affecting change. And I've thought about it through the the arc of my career, starting in my early 20s, working in sustainability and even going to my family holiday dinners where my Uncles who were involved in the oil industry would look at me and literally sort of laugh and say like, oh, you're a tree hugger studying environmental policy. And those are now the uncles that are asking me for my resume because their companies are hiring people like me. So my sort of big theme that emerges for me when I think about guidance for change makers is about hearing the naysayers, because it's important to listen. It's important to understand others to the point of the conversation we're just having. But let it inform and guide and shape you rather than hold you back. There are naysayers in different ways and different forms, and you really do need to listen. Yeah, But not letting, that being held back, I think is important.
0: Another one maybe to build upon a little bit more, Kathy, is the change maker for me is almost like the umbrella brand for all the roles that you can play. Because as a change maker, there are so many different roles that you can play in the ever-changing collection of communities that are working on the complex challenge at hand in this case loss and waste reduction as well you can be the initiator you can be the accelerator you can be the antagonist you can be the catalyst you can be the investor you can be the storyteller you can be the enabler you can be the barrier remover and what i truly believe in is that as a change maker you have so many of these roles concurrent And if I think about my role in the context of how might our organization contribute to the reduction of loss and waste in food systems, it's not just one role. And it's really my individual role, our collective work as a team, the food team at Google. I think there are so many things that we are doing and will continue to do where it is we might be the leader in the initiatives that we create. But more importantly, we are so supportive of so many other change makers out there and to help them to be successful on their quest to affect change as it relates to reduction of loss and waste in food systems.
1: So, Michael, what are you most looking forward to in the future seasons of Food Lab Talk? We've got a couple of more seasons coming up covering the rest of the food shots.
0: Yeah. So I am looking forward to hearing from more change makers. About their personal change journey, what they have learned, both what works and what doesn't work. So that is one. And then to really unpack each of the remaining four food shots. So for example, shifting diets, which is going to be the theme for season two. It is about a variety of different diets that you might explore. It might be how might we ultimately eat more seafood or how might we enjoy more Indian cuisine types how do you go about shifting diets is it about individual action is it about the national food policy is it about an app i think there are so many both where do you want to go combine it with and how do you get there and then i think the third one who's actually working on that and what can you learn from those individuals so i am excited about season two
1: so when does season two come out and are you still taking suggestions for potential, especially if you're looking for, or you're starting to think about others who may disagree or have a different point of view?
0: So season two is in production and we're going to launch the first couple of episodes of season two sometime in September. And then, yes, always, always, always eager to get amazing recommendations of, you know, change makers, not necessarily just thought leaders, but change makers. I think we've covered an amazing body of stuff today, Kathy. Thank you for the conversation today.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me and allowing me to put you in the hot seat. And I've, I've got some good takeaways for our work together on Food Loss and Waste at Google. So this has been really useful. Thank you, Michael. All right. So you've all heard from us about this season's discussions on food loss and waste, and we'd like to hear from you. Give us your takeaways. Use the Contact Us form on the foodlabtalk.com site, or follow along in the conversation on LinkedIn and use hashtag foodlabtalk so we can follow the thread. Thank you, everybody.
0: Before we sign off for season one, I want to leave you with a parting thought from episodes two, A Day, Romero Briones. A food
1: system is meant to do much more than just feed community, it's also the way we understand how the world works. It's a spiritual connection, it's an educational connection, it's a political connection, it's an ecological connection to everything around us.
0: Food creates relationships. I'm looking forward to exploring these relationships and more in our next season, premiering fall 2023. I'll hope you join us then.